So now I'd like to just take the next 30 minutes or so and share with you what would be the last message in our vision chapter. So we've been talking about vision this month and I want to share with you a little bit of very big picture vision that Joe and I have as spiritual leaders in this community for you personally, um, for your heart and I want to call this, this particular vision message, placing priorities, placing priorities. You know, as I've been praying for you, I have um, just sensed this morning, even in prayer, the need for us to just step up really big picture, but also at the same time to get just a laser focus into our heart and look into our own hearts as individuals and make sure that the priorities that we have in place, the priorities that we are functioning in day to day, are really what we feel um, the Lord would be glorified in and what we want our life to reflect. So I'm gonna start Ramp Church by just sharing um, this scripture that I know you've heard me pray over you a lot. This is probably one of my most frequently prayed prayers, and I've told you before that I really love to steal prayers from the Bible, especially when you don't know where to start in prayer. I encourage you, just go to the beginning of some of the epistles that Paul wrote, and you can pray those prayers. You can pray David's prayers in Psalm, um, in the book of Psalms. But one of the prayers that I pray most for us as a community, and that I pray over my children, my own life, is found in Philippians chapter 1. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. I'm going to start um, in verse 9. And this is about placing our priorities. So I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. I'm going to stop right there just for, for the purpose of this message, and I want you to know that I've been praying for you that this year, in the middle of your circumstances and all the demands on your life and all the choices that you have perhaps before you, um, things that are, you know, competing for your attention, that are competing for your money, your energy, your time, I'm praying for you, Joe and I are praying that you understand what really matters. And I don't have, you know, I think sometimes we, we think that that's a really overcomplicated thing. Well, how can we even really understand what matters? And I don't know about you, but I do tend to overcomplicate simple things sometimes. And, and I find that the Word of God, the life of Jesus, just diving into that just helps us to even understand what matters most in any given moment. And our priorities in life are the things that matter to us most. And priorities are never on pause. You are always functioning in priorities. So you're always, you know, as a human, you are always making choices, sorting and deciding based on what matters most to you. And priorities aren't permanently set in place. They have to be um, reflected on and adjusted. For instance, some of you, you've come to faith for the first time in 2020. And so you're starting out in this journey with Jesus and your priorities before you encountered the love of God were quite different. And now that you've met Jesus personally, your priorities have changed and you are um, learning what 
what really is treasure, how Jesus is the greatest treasure and working and we work on practically working that out into our choices. So priorities aren't ever just, you don't just set your priorities at age eight and then live those priorities out. No, it's, it's worked out in all these little choices that we make every day. And sometimes, sometimes, I know you probably experience this as too, we think we have priorities. Um, but then when we stop and reflect, we see that we don't actually have any habits in place to support that priority. Um, one, of, one of the probably most frequent examples for, for humans here who in the Western world may have extra income is we have, we would say that we have the priority of saving. You know, we have money that, that is, is saving money important to you? Oh, of course, saving money, saving money is very important. You're, you're rarely going to, in your mind, think, oh, no, saving's not important. But if it's a priority, actually, then you will actually have a savings account. You will actually have money in that savings account. And other, so we can, that's just one tiny example of how sometimes in our mind we have this abstract idea that this is a priority, but then functionally and practically, there is no evidence that that's a priority. And, you know, I know that Ramp Church, you are not just a community of believers, but you're a community of leaders, of lives that can be followed. And you've heard me say recently how people in the world, they're looking for clarity on what really does matter. And that your life as a believer here is leading people to a bit more clarity on what actually does matter. There's something about your life that is preaching to the world what is worthy, what is significant, what is worth investing a life in. So priorities need to be tended to, they need to be reflected on regularly. They can shift, they can, sometimes things fall off our priority list practically where we need to reassess and reorganize um, our, our schedules. They require a plan to be implemented. And I want to just say some of the most obvious things probably that I could say as a church leader, but you know, I just feel so much conviction in making sure that we are really living the simplicity the clarity that God's word brings to one on what matters most in our life. Very big picture, but the first one, first priority that my vision, Joe and I's vision for you is we're praying for you. We are praying that this year you prioritize God's presence. Prioritize God's presence. Now, the phrase God's presence, what does that mean? Another way you can say that is being in the presence of God, being in relation, being relationship, being in proximity to Jesus Christ. The presence, when you're in the presence of someone, you have a certain proximity. You are engaging with them in relationship. And I know that that sounds so duh, of course. You're probably thinking, oh gosh, I've been in church five, you know, five decades. I've heard this so many times. But it's so easy to not do the things that we know practically. You know, we were meeting with Pastor Karen, um, Pastor Karen Wheaton, who was the founder of The Ramp. And she was talking to us you know, about her personal life and about priorities to her. And I can't tell you how many times when I've been interviewing her or she's been interviewed and I'm listening in, I hear her talk about the number one priority is her relationship with God and prayer and time in His presence. And so we were asking her leadership questions. We were like, tell us about, you know, you're the leader of Ramp Church Chattanooga, Ramp Church Hamilton and Cleveland and here in Manchester and you've got RSM. So how do you do it all? And it's the same answer. 
she spends, she prioritizes God's presence and her relationship with God. Everything flows from that. Everything is built on that. And sometimes it's like, oh, no, no, I mean, I know that. But tell us really, really, Pastor Karen, tell us how you do it. You know, how do you keep these relationships in your family intact? And how do you, you know, lead a church? How do you awaken a generation? Prioritize his presence, lead them into God's presence. No, I'm talking about like when days are really hard, tell us the nuts and bolts of how do you survive? Prioritize God's presence. Like practically place it as the number one thing in your life that you tend to. And I, you know, I'm trying to think, oh God, well surely there's something a bit more revelatory that I could bring to them that maybe they've not heard. But I want you to just look over the past seven days of your life, Ramp Church, as individuals. And I'm not wanting to, some of you are like, no, don't make me look back. And there's no, there's not supposed to be, as, as children of God, we don't have to look at our life and be ashamed but we can look at our life with hope because we have the divine helper in us. So we reflect on our life, not from a place of torment and thinking, oh my gosh, everything's terrible, I can't change. You always, always, always approach your life through the lens of a divine helper that is with you, who takes you by the hand and leads you forward in growing in God and growing in love. So looking over the past seven days of your life, Have you made being in God's presence a priority? The thing about priorities is they require a price. We sacrifice other things so that we can keep doing this. You know what this is like just practically to eat. If you're really hungry, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't have time, you're going to find a way to eat. You're going to find a way to do what matters most to you. Prioritizing God's presence is not something that we do because we have things to do. It's because we are designed by God for relationship with Him. You know, I found in my own, um, I'm a, I love to get things done. I love to, to do tasks, check things off list, accomplish things, and sometimes the enemy, you know, will come in and he will start making you think things that the world thinks. That's a waste of time to spend time in God's presence. You've got too much to do. Think of all the things you could get done if you just spent that hour or that set aside time to get things done. I'm trying, I want to just point that out, that success in God's kingdom is not accomplishment. It is relationship that then can lead to doing the works of God. Success in God's kingdom is primarily, first and foremost, relationship with God. And all accomplishment and doing is the overflow of that, but not the foundation that it's built on. Jesus came, yes, so we could uh, do good works in God. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that. But first and foremost, so that we can be reunited with God and have that restored relationship with Him. So if you, let me ask you this, if you're prioritizing God's presence, growing in hunger for Him, what does that look like for you this year? If you're planning something, if you're thinking through, some of you are like, plans, I hate plans. I'm thinking just thoroughly think through for one minute. If you're prioritizing God's presence, what does that mean for you this year that you can build on from maybe habits that you've established over your life? You know, for me, one of the priority priorities that I'm practicing this year in time in God's presence is no agenda time with God. 
So I, I, I love spending time in God's presence, but I've, as I've been reflecting on how do I prioritize your presence this year, Lord, in my life practically, I feel the Holy Spirit causing, just in, encouraging me to move forward in this. Stacy, come into my presence and just be. Just have that no agenda time. As a pastor, as a parent, there's always stuff to do. And it's very easy, especially, you know, it's very easy to make a relationship about what we accomplish from that relationship instead of just simply loving the person, loving the relationship for who it is and what it is. Joe and I work together, but before we work together in partnership as leaders of Ramp Church, we're married. We're married, we have a love relationship. And what's most important and what all, oh, what makes the work that we do work is the fact that we have this commitment to each other in love. And God is calling you, Ramp Church, in this love commitment with Him to prioritize being in His presence. For some of you, this year that may be, you're gonna just practice consistency. Maybe you're kind of like, well, I'm not really consistently spending time in God's presence. Maybe that's what you're gonna, that step you're gonna take closer to, to actually um, engaging with God more. For some of you, you're consistent, but you, you're kind of like me. You bring all the agenda, all the needs, and you don't know how to receive from God. And maybe one of the ways that God wants to grow you in prioritizing His presence is maybe you need to come and add time where you are receiving from Him and you're not just there as intercessor or bringing petitions only, but you learn how to receive. Some of you, you may need to prioritize time in His presence just being still and soaking. What do I mean by soaking? It's like Psalm 46, it says, just be still and know that I'm God. It's, it's Matthew 11 where Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. I love the analogy of what do I mean by soaking in God's presence. It's just showing Him showing up in God's presence and making yourself available and sitting there just thinking on Him, adoring, adoring Him, pulling your attention to Him. And think of, think of how when you're cooking and you've got this pot that's like got all this baked stuff on it. What do you do? It's like, oh, that pot needs to be cleaned. I'm just going to let it soak overnight. And sometimes we come into God's presence and we have issues and we have things that we need to get off of us. Maybe we've been uh, just feeling like somebody else has just said things that have stuck to us that we can't get off, words that have been spoken, situations that have hurt us. And what do we need to do? We need to come in God's presence and just soak. Just be there thinking on Him, being with Him. For some of you to prioritize God's presence and grow in that this year, it means you give God undivided attention. You may be spending hours in your quiet time, but you're there on your phone and you're doing other things in your mind and you need to be able to just grow in being present and giving God undivided attention. So what does it look like for you this year to grow in prioritizing God's presence, to really practically work out that priority in your life? 
You know, God's presence is so, it's what Moses says, it's like if we don't have God's presence, if we're not living from that reality, making decisions and functioning day to day with this relationship with God, then then any kind of promise God's given us, it won't satisfy. It's only the presence and the person of Jesus and that relationship with Him that satisfies. I'm reminded in Luke 12, okay, I'm going to, wrap up and go to this next point in just one second. But in Luke 12, Jesus is talking about money and possessions. He's conversing with this rich ruler and he finally sums up this interaction with him in Luke 12, 21. And he says, you know, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And what if we just took that phrase, a person is a fool to fill in the blank. Whatever is tempting, whatever is pulling, whatever you think is the main thing, that, that priority two that's always trying to get to priority one, to put your life towards that, focus on that all the time, but not have a rich relationship with God. Jesus is saying a rich relationship with God is the most important thing. It's the number one priority. And here's the thing about priorities. Whatever's number two and three are always wanting to be number one. And that's why you always are having to tend and reflect on what functionally are you prioritizing? You're called to this rich relationship with God. Some of you are thinking, you know, gosh, I don't know how to, I feel like I sit down with God and I can't hear him. I don't know how to connect with him. And we've all been there. And you know the first thing that I do when I'm in a place like that, when I'm struggling to connect with God and I struggle to hear from Him, is first I just say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. Is there any hidden sin in me? Now sin, what does sin mean? It's sin is what, it is us being separated from God. But listen to this, sin is not just you murdering someone. Sin is you ignoring God or turning your ear from him because maybe he's giving you instruction about a certain way of living, but you don't want to have anything to do with it. Listen to this. Maybe for instance, maybe for instance, you feel like, um, you know, God would, would probably have you do relationships differently or finance differently or even sexuality different, differently, but you know, you're not going to listen to God. You don't even want to explore what God could possibly want in that area. You're going to tune God out when it comes to any of those topics on like what God wants to do about your money or what he would say about your sexuality or what he would say about relationships. You just kind of la, 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 la. I don't want to hear what God has to say to me about that. And then you come into God's presence and you can't hear him. And sin is not just you going out and committing adultery or committing murder. It's you ignoring God. Listen to what Isaiah 53, 3 talks about when it's talking about all of our condition as sinners. It says, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. God was trying to speak to us about the way that leads to life, the way that leads to flourishing, the way to be restored to Him, but we didn't want to hear it. We turned our backs and looked the other way. And sometimes for you to be able to hear God in your quiet time, you need to let the Holy Spirit convict you and lead you to repentance about some of the areas in your life that you've had your fingers in your ear and you don't even want to know what God thinks about that area of your life. Sin deadens our senses towards God. It says in Romans that we were dead in our sins. When you're dead, you're unresponsive. Sin dulls our spiritual senses. 
God is for us. God is always wanting us. When we choose to go our own way, we walk away from the relationship. We're the one that doesn't tune in to listen. And this is our state as sinners, as humans. We all need a savior in Jesus. So first thing for those of you who think, gosh, I can never hear God. I can never connect to him. I can't hear what he's saying. I'm saying, do you have areas in your life that you've not surrendered? Are you living in sin? Are you doing things your own way, refusing to turn towards God and let him tell you the way to do it? Another thing about sin is we think, oh, you know, it's all these terrible things. Well, let me t- another definition of sin is Psalm 10, 4. It says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. There's no room for God in thoughts. And sin is not just, you know, you doing all these terrible things. Sin is you've so filled your life with other things that when you show up in God's presence, you can't hear him because there's all these other idols. These all these other priorities vying for your attention and you need to clear the priorities. You need to come on your knees before him and just say, Jesus, reorder my life. I want you to be the only thing that matters. The most important treasure that I possess. To connect with God, we come first in humility and repentance. We give him permission to reorder things according to his will and way. We surrender our will and ways. Prioritize his presence, Ramp Church. Be a person of prayer, a person of his presence. I know you've got things to do. I know you've got all sorts of things. I know, welcome to life on planet Earth. Welcome to being an ambassador of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. Of course, there are other things wanting to distract you and divert you and grab your attention. There's a whole kingdom of darkness that is opposed to you worshiping God. But you can prioritize him this year in a way different than any other year before. In closing, I want to talk about the second priority. I had three. I'm just going to get to two. The three were prioritize his presence. Second one, prioritize his people. The third one, prioritize his purpose, his presence, his people, and his purpose. In closing, I'm just going to talk about um, the priority of his people. God has called you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but to also love your neighbor as yourself. And for some of you, last year was was very, very challenging, and those challenges made you in some ways go into hiding and isolation, and it was a painful year. And that's one of the reasons why we have to prioritize his presence. Without time in God's presence, we can't even properly and bravely show up for people. We see this in Luke 6. There's this beautiful pattern that Jesus lays out in Luke 6 where it says, first he went alone with God all night in prayer. Then he came down off the mountain and he communed with his disciples. And then he and his disciples ministered to the world. And that is a beautiful flow of priorities and pattern. Communion with God prepares you and equips you to have a community of people that you do life with. And then with that community of people in the presence of God, you fulfill purpose. In order for you to re-engage in relationships, you need time in God's presence. But the truth is as well, is that the presence of God also resides in people. And when you cut yourself off from people, you're also cutting yourself off from spiritual gifts that can minister you and strengthen you. 
You're also shortchanging your experience in the life of God. It's family of God. It's God has provision and presence that He is wanting to get to you. How? Not necessarily through an angelic visitation or encounters alone. Yes, involving encounters alone, but also through you opening your heart to receive from people. So to prioritize His people, first I want to encourage you to come out. And in the sense of come out of hiding and isolation and recognize that God actually has designed you to need people. And we have ramp communities that are our home groups, prayer meetings throughout the week to facilitate you connecting with the people of God. We have mission groups and outreaches and things that we do to help get your feet dipped into the ocean of what it means to fulfill the purpose of God. But before you can do any of that, you've got to, in your heart, prioritize the importance that people play in your life. Is that I don't care who you are or what you've been through, God has connected you to people that you need and that they need you. And this is in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul is talking about the body of Christ and he says, the foot cannot say, I do not need the hand. I do not need. We, that, that doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense for my hand to think, oh, I don't need the foot. My hand does all the lifting. I'll just take that foot and don't need it. It's that beautiful analogy that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 12. It's this, this point that we can't escape is that we are connected and we need each other. And maybe what one of the reasons why last year was so hard, what made it even harder was we, had, we felt disconnected in a natural sense. You had to go the extra effort to connect to people. And, and I just want to encourage you this year, Ramp Church, God has things for you. He wants to release things to you. He wants to minister through you. And that's going to involve the people of God, the community that he's placed you in. You know, I love this, um, I love this, this revelation that comes in Genesis 2:18, the first time God said it is not good was he was saying it is not good for man to be alone. And sure, people are risky. It's risky, isn't it? People can hurt us. We have all been hurt by people, disappoint us, cause things to be um, stressful. But you know what? I can also say that through people like Paul talking of Titus, we receive encouragement from God. We receive strength from people. Provision flows through the hands of people. We learn about ourselves in relationships with others. We learn about um, God through the relationships that we have with others. We learn about our own purpose. We find our purpose. We find out who we are in the presence of God and the presence of people. And everything about God's purpose requires God's presence and God's people working together. So what would it look like for you to begin to prioritize the people of God and commit to engaging with people in a new way? For some of you, maybe it's the habit of practicing hospitality. And what do I mean by hospitality? I'm not even talking about opening up your home. I'm talking about open up your life. Some of you are, are you're like a closed um, flower. That flower is beautiful when it's not opened up yet. I mean, it's gorgeous. Roses, when they're all, you know, tight and they've not opened, they're still lovely. 
but they're, they were designed, their peak beauty is when they open up. And for some of you to press into community and impress into the people of God may mean that you're going to show up in spaces and you're going to open your heart to receive. Maybe for you it's looking like coming into a space and not necessarily being the strongest or not necessarily being the best, but being brave enough to show up in weakness and open up with some of the needs that you have. And for others, it may be the, it may be the opposite. For you to increase growth and grow in maturity in the people of God and prioritize the people of God, maybe for you the challenge is just to consistently show up. You're kind of like here, there, and everywhere. You've, you feel like this, so you do that. You don't feel like this, and you don't do that. And so it's hard to say on any, in the, any given day practically what habits and priorities you have. Maybe for you it's, no, you know what? Just put a stake in the ground. Draw a line in the sand. Commit to showing up in the presence of people. Don't let your feelings or your pain dictate your life. But in the presence of God, find the healing that you need and the courage that you need to consistently show up in the presence of people and give and receive. And in a few weeks, we're going to be launching our home groups, our communities. And I want to encourage you, start opening your heart to the possibility that a lot of what God's purpose for you could involve just simply plugging in to places where people are present and letting your heart be open. Some of you, you've got walls, fortified walls around certain relationships. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you were really hurt by a man growing up. So any type of men, you've got a fortress around that. You will not engage with a man or a brother in, um, to protect yourself. Maybe this year, God's plan for you is that in His presence, He brings that wall down so that in the presence of people, you can learn how to be connected to your brothers. However it looks, there's growth for you in prioritizing and learning how to engage with community. You know, I'm just going to look over this real quick and make sure that I've not um, missed anything. As I look at your life, and Joe and I think and pray for you, it's very easy for me to, to right now in this moment, just inspired by the Holy Spirit, to say, Ramp Church, what do we desire for your heart that's worked out practically in your life? It's that um, you would prioritize His presence. You would engage in committed relationships with other people, that you would prioritize the relationships that God has brought in your life and invest in them. That people would be able to look at your life and see committed relationships matter. They make a difference. They would be able to look at your life and say, oh, just I can see from so-and-so's life that even though she's been hurt by people, she still prioritizes relationships. She still believes that God works through the church. And you know what? I feel like as we connect and prioritize to um, really treasuring the presence of God more than anything, really showing up in commitment and our hearts open to one another in relationship, we're going to see more of His purposes fulfilled through us and in this city. We're going to see more of those prophetic purposes we've been praying into. We're going to see those things unleashed. So you are part of God's plan for this city. And you are part of God's plan for the ramp being in Manchester. You are a significant part. Even you watching this today, God has directed your steps. You have something to give. You have something to receive. You have a voice that needs to be heard and gifts that we need. And I want to close in prayer that God would strengthen our hearts 
to put our priorities in place. Lord, we do welcome you right now. We know that you are already here with each of us in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, commuting to work or here and there. And we wanna pause, Lord, and wanna give you space to simply shine your light on things, priorities, Lord, that we have that need to be replaced, priorities that need to be put in their proper place. And I pray, Father, that this year, for all these beautiful hearts that you've connected to Ramp Church Manchester, I pray, Lord Jesus, that when you look from heaven and nothing is hidden from your sight, you see straight to the heart of everyone. Everything is exposed before you. I pray that when you look to our hearts, Lord, when you look on Ramp Church community, that it would be true, that it would be said of us, Lord, in truth, that we prioritize your presence and that we value your people and prioritize the people that you have called us to and that we are passionately working out your purposes, Lord, that you have put in us and around us for this city. And we thank you for this high call and this high privilege. Lord, we come before you, you know, maybe you're watching and you're seeing, I think I'm the person who can't connect with God because I've got sin in my life. I want to I lead you in a prayer right now just to start that journey of repentance. You just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for turning my back on you and looking the other way. I'm sorry, Lord, that I have had no room in my thoughts for you. And I come before you in humility and I acknowledge that I need you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. And I surrender right now every area of my life and I invite your Lordship, your will and your ways to rule and govern me. And Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to fill me, to cleanse me, to fill me. I thank you that the blood of Jesus that was shed for me cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my past, present and future to your leadership, Holy Spirit, to you, Lord Jesus, to you, Father God. In your name I pray, amen. If you've just prayed that prayer, I would like for you to be brave and let somebody know. Put in the comments that you're new to faith or that you've come to repentance and you want God to be first in your life. Let it out, just testify, and let the process begin in your heart of Jesus being number one. We love you, Ramp Church, and we look forward to connecting you throughout the week.